I didn't think there'd be vampires on campus. We must have been at about 40,000 feet when it happened. <gasps> what was that? You are the Slayer. One girl in all the world. Did anybody say that? Yeah. Guess what? I feel better. Guys, where are we? Okay, Sammy, how dare you? How dare you make this a single Buffy episode with no palate cleanser whatsoever for Lost? We're missing, you know what? I could use a little Kimi right now <laughs> in my could life. You? I could use a little Kimi, a little Jack, a little Hurley, okay? Mm-hmm. This Buffy episode was very quiet, much like the beginning of this episode. <laughs> <laughs> I was not going to talk first. <laughs> I was going to make you do it for once. Yeah. Live in the discomfort. Yeah, I know. I know. Well, that's much how I felt during uh, watching this episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I had to watch it twice, so. <laughs> you didn't have to. You just choose to. I didn't have to. You're right. But yeah. I chose to, and it was very difficult And do you me. still watch it once for pleasure? <laughs> yeah i mean it how can i don't know that that's the right for word pleasure? for this but just i was very emotional mm-hmm. i cried a lot yeah probably harder than i've ever cried watching this episode really? before and it's it's not one that i skip over like when i do my rewatches yeah i don't skip over this episode because you, like you to have to experience one. it yeah you gotta feel it okay so so well, welcome everybody <laughs> to a very special single episode of Kicking and Streaming. It's going to be the most depressing episode ever. Um, if it makes <laughs> you feel any better, yeah. next season there will be a flip side of this, like an overly happy episode. What it, do does the whole Scooby Gang take like Molly or something, and they just go wild? In a discotheque, perhaps? Maybe. They all go maybe. to Club 54. Yeah, maybe. And they actually find Scooby-Doo because they do like a cross-promotion thing with the Scooby-Doo. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And then well, they, they party. you can predict that. Okay. All right. I just wanted to That'd maybe cool. uplift you a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so this week we are only watching Buffy. Yeah. Um, And for a very specific reason, this episode, I feel... <laughs> needs to stand on its own okay all right i don't know if it needs to it should yeah i don't know we'll see we'll see about that i mean i i'm making the rules so i got to i got to you know yeah well going into this episode I, I was like what the heck why does she want to make this one a single but something big's gotta happen Right. And something big happens. Something big happens. I don't know if I was ready for it. Yeah. All right? Yeah. Is it, you know me. I don't I don't like to feel my feelings, Sammy Joe. I know. I know you don't. So, I really like to feel my feelings. Yeah, you should have you should have gave me a little warning on this one. I couldn't. You just had me had... experience it IRL real yeah. time. Yep. And I just had to deal with it just came right at my face and i had to take those feelings right to my heart <laughs> yep yeah i handled it okay i deflected a little bit you know mm-hmm. I was like, did yeah, you it's just a show you know <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. 
it's a survival technique I've learned throughout my life, you know? I know. <laughs> it can be it can be uncomfortable to fear your feel your feelings. Yeah. Uh-huh. I also fear my feelings. <laughs> it can be uncomfortable <laughs> to fear your feelings as well. Yeah. So anyways, before we get into the whole depressingness of this episode called The Body mm-hmm. and Buffy. What's mm-hmm. going on, Sammy Joe? You got anything uplifting that uh, we can at least turn this podcast a little rosy before we go deep into the shadows? <laughs> um, I can't say that. Oh, I do. geez, nothing. No, no little silliness. Did you fall in Not, a puddle well, or something this here, week? How? <laughs> how about some neighbors? You got any neighbors that like <laughs> were up in arms? Did you burn your popcorn? Almost burn down the house. There's got to be some kind of Sammy Joe silliness. <laughs> I. I have none to report. None? I'm sorry. Nothing? No. Nothing. I know. That's crazy. Oh, man. What are we going to do? What I can say yeah. is when this podcast episode <laughs> so, comes out so, yeah. will be the last week that you can order products from Flora Apothecary. Oh, okay. And if you want to support my business, you can order from floraapothecary.com. We ship to all over the U.S. and Canada, and for... Listeners, you can take 20% off of full-priced products for using the coupon code KickStreamPod. And I highly recommend the whipped body butter. It's great yes, for your Yes, that hands. is my best seller this time of year. But have you tried the um, solid lotion bar that I sent Amy? Uh, nope. Can't say oh. I did. Oh, okay. You should try that. Okay. All right. Maybe I will. Okay. Okay. Yeah, so get your orders in now. Things are flying off the shelves as we as we speak. Just I see I see them flying off the shelf behind you. Yeah. Just going. Literally flying. It's growing wings. Actually flying. It's, it's amazingly clean in my office. I always clean it because I know I'm gonna be on camera whether yeah. we use the footage or not. <laughs> you just um, be safe. But I <laughs> I don't I don't want it to <laughs> I don't want it to be messy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. So no right. fun quips. Just just a nope. uh, just a shameless plug for your business. Yep. Okay. Sometimes you gotta live in the grief. I don't want to you know? live in the grief, Sammy That's Joe. That's what you gotta do sometimes. <laughs> you don't gotta. You can. Yeah. You can, you can just roll past it. You can jam it down. You know. No. Like just like you feel it coming up. You just jam it back down, and you're like, I'll get to this later. You know. And yeah. then you just go on with a smile and a skip, and everything's fine for like another six months. And then those feelings come back up, and they're compounded. They have compounded interest. Yeah. You know? And you just jam them back down <laughs> just a little harder. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. So why don't we do that? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's uh, let's rip this band off. That doesn't mean growth, Pat. Okay. Well, what do you say? Shall we just jump into it? Let's jump into it. You know what? Let's slowly waltz. Slowly dip our toe. Dip our toe into in, the water of despair that in, is this episode. Into Buffy. <laughs> All right, so this week we watched Buffy Season 5, Episode 16, The Body. Original air date, February 27th, 2001. Uh Uh-huh. And it was written and directed by Joss Whedon. 
Yes, it sure was. And I cannot guarantee that I won't cry. What during Wh- this? While we're talking about it, I don't know. I might. Oh, I mean, because you know we got to deliver so some lines for me. What am I supposed to do? What am I going to do with that? He's supposed to feel your feelings. Nah, this is just a fictional narrative, Sammy Joe. It ain't real. Come on. I feel like Snap it's the back most to reality. Episode oh, there goes Rabbit. Oh, there goes Sammy. She's crying in the closet. Just, <laughs> what? <laughs> just did a little eight-mile rap for you. Oh, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Anything to get us out of these wallows that we're in. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, all right, well. All right. Your predictions uh-huh. from last week, okay? Yeah. You said, so the beginning of this episode starts with the same scene that we saw at the end of the last episode. Yeah. They we'll get show, into that in a second. They show but. the whole exact same scene as a cold yes. open. Oh, very yes. cold open. Yeah. Kind of like the cold body that was there. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. So you said Joyce was out cold. Which leads Nailed you to it. believe she's dead. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but you said, I didn't see any bite marks or blood, no forced entry. There's some sort of, so you thought maybe there's some sort of chemical on the flowers mm-hmm. that um, her date gave her, yeah. Brian. All right. Uh, that knocked her out cold, so she's paralyzed or stunned. And then you said, at first, I thought that Warren made her into a robot. Uh-huh. In the in cahoots with the guy she was dating, made a robot of her and threw her on the couch. <laughs> yeah. But then you were like, that's crazy. So you said, because the flowers were there, I feel like she smelled them and then had to take a rest on the couch and went out cold. <laughs> yeah, boom. I think they'll get her back, but it'll be nerve-wracking for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Well, it certainly was Now, I gotta ask you, Pat. Yeah. Did you actually believe that, or did you... Yeah, I believe you know that. that. What are you talking about? Did you know about? that this was coming? Did I know what was coming? This episode? Like, do, like, was there a spoiler at any point that you happened across, like, you, like, finding out about Dawn? About Dawn? Well, you found, you knew that she had a sister. You said when, after Dawn was introduced, at some point, you were like, yeah, I did know she had, that Buffy had a sister. Oh, yeah, That yeah. was spoiled That was spoiled you. a long time ago. Yeah. Yeah. No, this? This thing? Yeah. No. Yeah. This, none of this was spoiled for me whatsoever. Okay, good. Otherwise, I, I would that. have correctly predicted it and then acted smug when I got it right. <laughs> All right. Well, I didn't know if you were trying to do the opposite thing. Of no, I like, wouldn't do that. I know this is coming. If I have so a chance I'm to gonna... get it right, I'm going right. I don't care if it seems suspicious. I'll just uh, I'll dress it up in some silliness and then I'll I'll mm-hmm. land. You know. Okay. I'll land the uh, prediction helicopter right in the center. Great. Uh huh. But that did All not right, happen. I just... I just wanted to, I had a feeling that maybe you actually knew and were just trying to postpone the inevitable feelings, so. No, no. Okay. No, no, had no idea. You also said uh, that Spike will get a Buffy bot, maybe a half-finished Buffy bot, and it uh-huh. won't be pretty. He'll get a discount <laughs> version because that's all he can afford with the same ratty wig he's been using for yeah. a while. <laughs> he said it won't be pretty, but it'll get the job done for Spike. <laughs> sure, a nice little companion he'll have. Yeah. Yeah, and then he'll leave the actual Buffy alone. You know? it'll It'll just be like a Furby, but with her wig. Yeah, right. Has all the same language and everything. Yeah. Yeah. Uh oh. <laughs> Dark. Mm, boring. Boring. <laughs> and it snores if you put yeah. it in the closet. That's what we used to do with our Furby. Just throw it in the closet. 
Yeah. Two weeks later, it comes out speaking perfect English. Mm-hmm. And you're mm-hmm. like, I don't know what happened. Yeah. And, and of course, the, the Pentagon time. was like, don't let those things in. They can learn. <laughs> <laughs> so stupid. Like, uh, I didn't know about that until yeah. very recently. I think you told me. I think I and did I was, tell you. And that, like, that just, I don't know, it just doesn't give me a whole lot of faith. Like, there's a lot of reason to not have a lot of faith in our government yeah. right now. But, like, if I had known about that. Right. I would have just been like, you know what? It's time to give up. <laughs> For a thirty nine ninety nine children's toy, they think it's uh, got so much AI built into it that it can actually learn Pentagon secrets. <laughs> yeah. It's <laughs> <That's> hilarious. <laughs> oh, oh, man. There's some silliness for you, okay? There we go. Furby's go. always bringing Lighten us back up. to the light. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Let's get into it. Yeah, let's get into it. All right, so like I said, this episode starts, um, well, first, it starts without a previously on. It's the only one. The only only one in the whole run? Yep. Wow. Or at least the only one so far. Impactful. Yeah. Okay. And it opens with the same scene that closed out the previous episode. So Buffy arrives home. She finds a bouquet of flowers and a note from Brian, her mom's date. Uh, of the Brian, previous night. Brian, he's suspect. I'll tell you what, he's suspect. Uh-huh. Those flowers, they haven't been cleared yet, so... Mm-hmm. You know. We'll yeah. get into it a little later with my predictions. Okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Buffy turns to the stairway and yells up the stairs, Hey, flower-getting lady, want me to pick Dawn up from school? The camera perspective is Buffy in the uh, in focus in the foreground, while the living room is blurred behind her. Mm. We can see someone laying on the couch. When Buffy doesn't get an answer, she tilts her head to look down the hall and calls mom. She turns to look in the living room, and we cut to frame Buffy. The stairs behind her. She says, "What are you doing?" And then walks casually toward the couch. The camera cuts to Joyce lying motionless on the couch, blankly staring at the ceiling. We cut back to close above Buffy, and she says, Mom? Starts to look concerned. Mm. Mom? Mm-hmm. Mommy? And then we get the intro. Yeah. She didn't start shaking her. Not yet. Not yet. Back from the <laughs> intro, it's Christmas at the Summers. Yeah, what's going on here? What is this? I have trivia. Do you want me to tell you now? Uh, or later? Uh, tell me later. There's, so there's some. So there's. This is obviously an episode that has a lot that has a Joss Whedon commentary track. Yeah. So some of that I'm I pull into the episode, and okay. some I left to the end. All right. So we're just gonna roll with that. Okay. Did notice it okay. was a Christmas turkey dinner. It's kind of a crossover, you know, in real life. Was it turkey? Seemed like turkey. Looked like. No, oh, I didn't know if it was turkey. Looked like the lurky. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, crossover to real life because that, yeah. you know, just happened. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe when people listen to this episode, it's going to be about Christmas time for them. Almost. You know, I wouldn't recommend listening to this around Christmas, though. Wouldn't recommend watching this around Christmas. But I wouldn't recommend watching this period, you know? I do, actually, because no. I think it's a beautiful episode. Oh, of course you do. So it's Christmas at the Summers. The whole Scooby gang is over. Joyce gets up to get pie as Xander talks about how full he is, how he's ready to barf, but in a good way because, you know, he had so much delicious food. <laughs> 
Willow says she drank too much eggnog, and Dawn thinks that she might have gotten some with rum in it. So yeah. Xander says, now Santa's going to pass you right by, you naughty booze hound. <laughs> Do you but like Dawn eggnog, said, Sammy Joe? You into that? You know, it's not something I would like go out and buy yeah. for myself, but, but if, um, someone's if someone shots. had it. Then you're you're in. <laughs> Someone had eggnog. I'd have. Well, I do like rum. Yeah. Um. That's like really the only, like one, hard, hard alcohol. Hard like liquor. it's not like I'll take shots of it, but like I yeah. like rum drinks generally. Mm-hmm. Um. My nana actually used to make eggnog from scratch, yeah. and it was really good. Mm-hmm. But I haven't really had it in a while. I feel like Dave bought some like a couple years ago, and I was like. Okay, I had like a sip and I was like, that was enough for me. How that's, about you? Do you like eggnog? Ah, not really. Yeah. Not really. You know, if I'm going to have something like that, just I'll make myself like a white Russian type thing. You yeah, know? that's close enough. Yeah. Yeah. I also don't like anything where I'm drinking eggs, you know? Yeah, it's weird. It's a little weird. <laughs> it's raw eggs too, isn't it? Or uh, you like kind of cook them with like... No idea. I think you put hot... I don't remember. No I don't idea. remember how to make it. It's always been in a I bowl remember... too. I don't like yeah. when it's in a bowl in the middle of the room, you know? Yeah. There's something you weird don't like, about so it. So you don't like punch? Uh, no. I mean, we, between the two, I'm going punch, but just if in general. If it was in like one of those mason jar things with a spout, would oh, that yeah. make you feel differently? Yeah. Because then it's covered. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then I'm okay More sanitary. With it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just feel like if it's out in the open, you know, all the bacteria is getting into yeah. it. Yeah. You know? Festering. Mm, gross. Hmm. Okay. Cool. Good talk. Good talk. All right. Well, Dawn says that she's figured out by now that Santa is not real. But Anya says that he is, in fact, real. <laughs> she says, been around since like the 1500s. He wasn't always called Santa, but you know, Christmas night, flying reindeer, coming down the chimney, all true. He doesn't traditionally bring presents so much as, you know, disemboweled children. Yikes. But otherwise, <laughs> so <laughs> that's great. Yeah. That'll thanks, Anya. That'll put a nightmare. Not my Santa, Sammy Joe. Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Buffy brings some dirty dishes into the kitchen where Giles is opening wine, and Joyce is pulling a burnt pie out of the oven. Giles asks if he should open Ooh. another bottle. Huh, Gen- Giles? Gen- Giles? Oh, Giles asks. Sorry, gotcha. I think I combined those two words. <laughs> if he should open another bottle of wine and. Buffy tells him, as long as you two stay away from the band candy, I'm cool with anything. <laughs> this is cute. And they, they're both like, uh. <laughs> <laughs> so Giles leaves the kitchen because he's in- uncomfortable. And Joyce kind of, you know, calls Buffy like a demon child or something. Uh, she's bummed about her burnt pie, but Buffy says they just need to scrape it off. And as she does, the pie falls off the counter and we cut back to the present. To a close-up of Joyce's pale, unresponsive face, her eyes open. Yeah, these cuts to the dead, dead face, dead head, dead body, cadaver. Yeah. Uh, me no likey, Sammy Joe. I don't like mm-hmm. these. They're like jump cuts. It's very uncomfortable. Like, yeah. It's I don't very. See that. Joss Whedon wanted to make this episode very physical, and again, there's there's stuff in trivia I'll mm-hmm. get to about that. Okay. So Buffy rushes over, starts shaking Joyce by the shoulders, and she keeps saying, Mom, 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 ah, Mom, and is like shaking her. Yeah. yeah. Shaking. And then finally she screams, Mom, but Joyce doesn't react. 
So panicking and sniffling, Buffy gets up and the camera follows her to the kitchen where she picks up the phone and calls 911. Mm. And then the camera follows her back into the living room. It's like all one tells, shot, one handheld yep. long shot. Exactly. I have some technical stuff on that in a minute. Uh, oh, yeah. And there's no music, yes. too. It's very silent. This whole episode's silent. Yep. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, the operator asks, uh, so the camera follows her back into the room as Buffy tells the operator her mom isn't breathing. The operator asks if her mom is conscious, and Buffy says no, and she provides her address for an ambulance. The operator asks if Buffy is alone in the house. She says yes, um, and then she asks if she saw what happened, if her mom fell, and Buffy says, no, no, I came home, and she, what should I do? The operator asks if Buffy knows CPR, and Buffy says that she can't remember. So the operator walks her through it. And I think that is a really common like shock trauma response too, to just like forget what you're supposed to do. Oh, yeah. You know? mm-hmm. I was thinking that, that like I could see that happening to me, you know? Yep. Being in that situation. So Buffy puts the phone down, follows the operator's instructions, and like she kind of like starts to remember, like as the operator is telling her what to do, she's like, oh, okay, I know this. Mm-hmm. Um, so she puts the phone down, she kind of pulls Joyce further down onto the couch, tilts her head back, starts to breathe um, into her mouth, uh, tries chest compressions until we hear a crack. And Jeez. Buffy gets back on the phone. Too tells real, the operator, Joss Whedon. Mm-hmm. We go Tells from the, the fantastical to the ultra realistic. Come on, what is this? What if this is change in genre? Don't like it, Sammy Joe. Don't like it's these curveball episodes. It's underrated. They just feel I'm like they're you. experiential, experimental filming, mo- yeah. movie making, wrapped up in a little show. Also feels well, like a reach for an Emmy too. Like I remember, it didn't. It didn't remember? win an Emmy. I don't even think. I don't even think this episode got nominated for an Emmy. Yeah, I bet he um, was depressed about that. Uh, I don't know. I don't think that he but, really cared too much. I about think that. he was swinging for the fences on this one. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think he did a really good job of bringing a dream-like quality to the dream episode that made it very realistic as a dream. Uh-huh. And now he's doing the same thing to an episode where somebody dies. Uh-huh. Other people have died, though. Yeah. But no one this close or this important. Yeah. Well, Giles' old squeeze was pretty important. Yeah. But not as important as Joyce. They kind of dismissed her pretty quick. All things considering. I mean... I think it was pretty messed up when Angel laid her out for Giles. Uh, yeah. Anyways. Anyways. I have to hold some of my thoughts because <laughs> Okay. <laughs> some of them will come up as we go. So anyway, um she so she tells the operator that sh- you know something cracked and the operator asks if she's breathing and Buffy says no. The operator tells her the paramedics will be there any minute. She might have cracked a rib, but it's not important. And Buffy says, she's cold. And the operator says, the body is cold? And Buffy says, no, my mom, should I make her warm? 
The operator tells her the best thing is to wait for the paramedics to arrive. (laughs) That they're nearby. Yeah. What are you? What are you? Tell me what what you're feeling, Pat. I'm feeling gross, man. (laughs) I don't like it. Why? It's too much death. It's it's too too real. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh huh. It's uh, yeah. That's what Joss Whedon wanted you to feel. Yeah. Well. It's very real. Bravo, Joss Whedon. Did you cry at all? No. Did Amy cry? No. Uh, yeah, I think she did. <laughs> I bet I can guess what part. Okay. Um, it hasn't happened yet. No. Nope. Would be my guess. Not yet. So the um Buffy holds the phone down and stands up and looks out the window. And it's totally silent for a moment. So like you observed, yeah, there's no there's no background music. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're just getting like the sounds of what's happening in the scene, the sounds of what's happening outside, like her house, basically. Yep. Um, and then Buffy raises the phone back to her ear and says calmly, I have to make a call. And then we cut to a close up of the phone's dial pad. And this is the first time we've cut since Buffy was shaking her mom. So like you said, that that was all one take. Yeah. Um, so in the commentary of this episode, Joss Whedon says, this shot, this one long, this was one long take, and it bears watching exactly how long it is, especially because Alan Easton, the cameraman, had the camera on his shoulder the whole time and was running around with, I think he said, Paul Throw pulling focus on a shot that just seemed never to end it wasn't a steady cam he had no harness because nope. i wanted the urgency of handheld you know that you're in the moment of it so mm-hmm. he kept recreating frames recreating frames this is a very difficult thing to do kneeling down getting up it was an extraordinary piece of camera work mm-hmm. we linger on the phone's dial pad for a few seconds and then Buffy hits a button and we hear the number dial automatically. And so like this part where we're lingering on the dial pad is kind of, again, one of those like sort of shock trauma responses where you're just like, I know I'm supposed to do something. Yeah. What was I supposed to do? And just focusing on that just object Just focusing for a while. on something. Yeah. Yeah. You're just kind of lost. Um. Giles, the phone rings and Giles picks up the other line and Buffy says, Giles, you have to come. And Giles says, Buffy? And she says, she's at the house and then hangs up. So on Giles's end, she's at the house. Right. He doesn't know what she's she's talking about. He's thinking glory. Exactly. Yeah. Buffy opens the front door, kind of hugging the phone to her chest, and we can hear an ambulance arrive. She looks at Joyce and we get a really quick zoom. Is there, what's the term for that? A uh, snap zoom? Because it's, it's not a slow zoom, right? It just like quickly sort of zooms in. Yeah, so it's a snap zoom. But a I think, zoom. I actually think, if I recall it correctly, I think it was a, a it might have been a, it might have been like a Zolly almost, you know? It's like the camera moved in really quick. Mm-hmm. And I think it might have zoomed out at the same time. So it gives like this weird like oh throw. Maybe? It was uh it yeah. was a pretty wild move though. They it it happens a couple times in this episode. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so it might have um, been that, which is you know famous in jaws, they do one in jaws like that on the mm-hmm. beach when he sees the shark. And then oh. uh they also do it in vertigo. 
So a lot of times they call it so the vertigo move. So that's when it kind of looks like the background is also... Yeah, the background moves, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if that's what happened here or if it just zoomed. Yeah. It could have just been a, a snap zoom in. I think that's what it was. I, feel I don't like think it, there was... I feel like there was something... I feel like there was some kind of movement, though, because there was something that was in the corner of the frame really quick, mm. like a microphone or something. Oh, yeah. They're definitely... there Because, again, as we've talked about before, the show was shot widescreen, but it was never made to run right. widescreen. They were framing for four by three most of the time. Right. Yeah. So there are a couple times in this episode where that does happen. Right. Um. Yeah, that kind of sucks because that takes you out of it quickly but i don't feel like it's enough to really ruin anything Mm -hmm. um so anyway whatever the move is there's a zoom in um onto joyce and um then we then another cut and zoom to buffy's face and we can see tears in her eyes and then we cut back and we see we cut back to like a close-up of Joyce's skirt which is like hiked up a little bit high so like here you know Buffy rushes over and is like is almost like this fear of like oh my mom is like not proper like I gotta fix her skirt you know Uh um so she straightens her mom's skirt and then she tells the paramedics as they come in she's in here two guys come in one says um they you know they like sit down set up their equipment one says I'm getting no pulse they gently move her to the floor um the first one asks or i think is the second one asks how long she's been like this and buffy says i found her a few few minutes one of the paramedics checks joyce's eyes with a flashlight as the other attaches wires to her chest the second paramedic says was she conscious buffy says no the first one says i'm bagging her and buffy says what and the paramedic Second paramedic says, we're going to intubate, just trying to get her breathe to breathe. All right. So like you you and I hear that and we think like we're putting her in a, ba- a body bag, you know? Sure. Yeah. Um, the second paramedic asks if she's had any serious physical health problems. And Buffy at first says no. And then we're able to see the flat line on the EKG machine. Then Buffy explains that her mom had a brain tumor, but has been fine since the operation. And so this whole scene, like, we're quick cutting between Buffy, the EKG, what's happening to Joyce, but, like, we don't really see the paramedics' faces because that's not what's important Yeah. Um, in, like, what's happening Yeah, here. the frame is lower. It, like, cuts off the top of their, like, head and face. It's just, like, the guy's chin when he's talking to her. Yeah, a little bit later that yeah. happens. Yep. Um. Yeah, so Buffy explains that her mom had a brain tumor, but it's been she's been fine since the operation. We cut to Joyce's face covered by an oxygen mask held by the first paramedic as the second does chest compressions. And suddenly, Joyce chokes and breathes, and the first paramedic says, We got her! My God, we got her! Buffy crouches down on the floor next to her mom as Joyce says, Buffy! And Buffy says, I'm here. Then we cut to the ambulance speeding through town, Cut inside it as a first paramedic says, it's a miracle. That's what it is. A beautiful miracle. Joyce holds Buffy's hand. We cut to another one of those fast zoom, whatever you call them, on the scene of Joyce in a hospital bed. Dawn sitting on the bed beside her. Buffy standing next to it. Dr. Kriegel says, good as new. 
And Joyce says, Buffy, thank God you found me in time. You're shaking your head. What's going on? I'm just thinking this is this is just cruel punishment. This is cruel punishment to the audience who's like, oh boy, all set. No problem. Well, you should say that. <laughs> Joss Whedon commentary here says, yeah. well, everybody loves a happy ending. Once again, because I don't know anybody who has suffered the panic of a great loss without having imagined it going a different way a thousand times or more. So it feels like kind of a cruel joke on the audience is in fact just a very real moment. With the within the experience of losing somebody is the no they're fine it's gonna be fine look it was fine and then you actually have to come out of the fantasy and the silence is ten times worse because of it mm-hmm. so we had all this noise and excitement and everything and then we come back and it's just quiet yeah and I've actually had situations like this when things are so bad in your life sometimes sometimes yeah. you go to sleep and yeah. uh, imagine that it's better you imagine that things are different. And that yeah. maybe you go back in time before things were really bad. And then yeah. uh, you wake up and you go, oh, no, I actually am in that situation. Yep. So, And it can go the opposite way, too. You know, bad dream or good dream. Right. Yeah. And I know you and I have both lost people close to us. Yeah. And I, I feel like pretty much every re- reaction that has happened... That or that has happened or does happen in this, like I can absolutely relate to feeling it. Yeah. Processing one of the many deaths that I've experienced in my life. Yep. Um Yeah, so we cut back to a close up of Buffy watching the paramedics. The second one still doing chest compressions, the EKG machine still showing a flat line. Um And the second paramedic to the first says, she's cold, man. And um, Buffy stares wide-eyed down at them. And the second paramedic says, call it. The second paramedic stands up and the camera close up on Buffy moves up too, as if it's like following his vision up. Um, I don't know how else to explain that. Like his point of view? Yeah. yeah. So like he's standing up and the camera like stands up with him kind mm-hmm. of. Yeah. Um so it's like looking down at Buffy a little bit. Right. But still focused on her. And then we cut back to a close-up shot of the second paramedic and it's blurry at first, then it comes into focus as if it's from Buffy's point of view and this is where like you said um, it's kind of like his his face is cut off. Yeah. So he says, I'm sorry, but I have to tell you that your mother is dead. And it's looking from over Buffy's shoulder. Camera tilts from the paramedic's face down to Joyce's body as he says to her, it looks like she did die a good while before you found her. There's nothing you could have done. And Buffy starts to ask like what to do. And we cut back to the close-up of the paramedic. And this is where his... Basically, his nose and above is cut off. So the focus is on his mouth. Mm -hmm. Right. So the focus is on his mouth as as if like that's what Buffy is focusing on because she has to just focus on one thing, Mm -hmm. you know, so she's not like looking at his eyes. She's looking at the mouth, which is giving her the news um, of what's going on. You could also just be blankly staring forward and not really looking at anything. That's kind of how I felt. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um. 
So we cut between this and Buffy looking like kind of between him, the other paramedic packing up, her mom. Um, So the paramedic standing next to Buffy says, I'm guessing it must have been an aneurysm or some clotting, some complication from the surgery. She probably felt very little pain. I'm going to call it in. The coroner's office will come by and take her in and they'll determine the cause of death conclusively. And the paramedics get another call. Um, But the one that's standing with Buffy, like, he doesn't rush or anything. He, like, calmly explains to her. He says, now the coroner's office may take a while. In the meanwhile, I think you should sit, have a glass of water, and try not to to disturb the body. He asks if she needs anything, if there's someone she can call, and Buffy tells him someone's coming. The first paramedic leaves, and the second turns back to get his things. Um, And then he turns back to Buffy and says, I'm very sorry for your loss. And this guy is exactly the kind of paramedic I would want if I were dealing with something like this. Yeah. He's very calm, very sympathetic. You know, he does all the things, you know, like even though they touch her and she's cold and could tell she didn't have a pulse, like they still go through all of it. Right. Now Um, imagine having uh, Jackie as an EMT who shows up for this call. God, I would not be able to handle that. You would have been so out of breath. Oh my goodness. Mm-hmm. I'd be like, this guy needs the tube in his mouth. <laughs> you, you need to bag this guy. Yeah. Yeah. So Buffy thanks him and he leaves, following him to the door. And then she says, good luck, as they like, you know, leave to go to their That's next. That's nice of her. Thank you, Buffy. Yeah, and it's like, it's that whole, so Joss Whedon has commentary here, but I, I'm like, oh yeah, I've been in this place. Where he says, you know, her saying good luck, it's like your priorities just become so strange. Like she wants to be polite to those gentlemen. It's yeah. not important. And yet she Well, it's also it. it hasn't quite set in yet, the reality of the situation. You're still right. in shock. You're still trying to figure it out. So you're, you're going like, through the motions. You're like, oh, I know I need to be polite. Like yeah. I, I wish them well. Hopefully the next person, you know. Yeah. Um. She puts down the phone. The camera follows her into the hallway where she falls to her knees and vomits and then stands back up, opens her back door, and she stands in the doorway to breathe. And she does this a couple of times where she's like opening doors, just looking out, yeah, like trying to bring air into the situation. Uh-huh. Um, we cut to a close-up of her face and she's sweaty and pale. Her lips are drained of color. She stands there for a moment listening to, like, we hear the sound of wind the birds. chimes. Yeah, birds. There's kids, like, playing in the distance or something. Mm-hmm. Then she goes back inside the kitchen. She takes a bunch of paper towels off the roll, folds them very neatly, places them gently where she vomited. Gross. Yeah, but also it's realistic. We see it soak <laughs> up the liquid as, like, a rushing Gross. sound plays. <laughs> As there's a what? Like this, Russian uh, there's like this rushing sound. Oh, okay. Like as she's kind of- Like a stream? Like she, it's like- oh, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. A rusher. Um, they call and it then a rusher. S- what? A rusher. A rusher? Is yeah, that it a sound like, technical like, term? It could be a whoosh. No, I don't know. Or a swish. Or a it's rusher. Just, <laughs> I don't know what you're These doing. These are sound effects. Uh-huh. Sound effect. Uh uh, terminology for you okay sammy joe thank you you're welcome one of those mm-hmm. and then suddenly we hear buffy 
Giles calling. He's standing in the front door and he says, what is it? Is it Glory? Buffy stands up and she says, I'm waiting. The coroner's coming. And Giles says, what? And she says, I have to tell Dawn. She's at school. I'll go there. Giles starts to say, I'm not sure. And then he turns and looks in the living room and rushes to Joyce. And Buffy says, no, no, don't, no, it's too late. And she starts like walking back into the living room. And Giles says, Joyce. And Buffy says, they're, they're coming for her. No, we're, she comes around the corner and he, and sees Giles shaking Joyce. And she yells, we're not supposed to move the body. And this yep. is where it finally sinks in mm-hmm. for Buffy. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. And she just kind of like stares, tears welling up in her eyes. As Giles turns and runs to her. She covers her mouth and he kind of pulls her into his arms. And then we cut to an overhead close-up shot of Joyce on the carpet. Yeah. And then we have a break. <laughs> and uh, back from break, we we see Joyce being zipped into a body bag. And then we cut to Dawn crying in the bathroom at school. Um, and like, you know, you're kind of thinking... There's a fake out cut. That she's crying about her mom. But actually... <laughs> Another girl tells her it's not that big a deal. And Dawn is like, Kevin Berman called me a freak in front of everybody. Kevin. No, that's no big deal. Kevin. Kevin. The other girl emerges. So this is like a little bit of levity here. Okay. Get yeah, a little a bit of levity bit. in this, this is like situation. like 10% levity. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the other girl emerges from a stall and, you know, clarifies that. You know, he said Dawn was freaky. He didn't call her a freak, which, of course, does not really make much of a difference to Dawn. At that age, you're like, it's basically the same thing. Sure. Um, so apparently Dawn's accident with the knife, you know, when she cut herself and was like, is this blood? <laughs> <laughs> Has led a real bitch named Kirsty to spread rumors that Dawn is into cutting and was adopted. Mm. Okay. Mean girls everywhere, Pat. Mean girls, yeah. I don't like this mean girl. And Dawn cleans herself up and says, you know, her sister could beat the crap out of Kirsty. The bell rings and the girls make their way out of the bathroom into the hall and Kirsty looks Dawn up and down and gives her the fakest, hey, Dawn, how you doing? You oh, okay? cram it, Kirsty. Fucking cram it. <laughs> yeah, go, go warm beans. Kick rocks. Yeah. Yeah. Eat uh, uh, sand. Yeah, eat sand. Yeah, stuff stuff your face with grass. Take, mm-hmm. a, take a pumpkin pie to the back of the head. How about that? How about that? Yeah, how about that? Kirsty, go fall yeah. down some stairs. Go go dunk your pigtails in a vat of uh, grade A maple syrup, the thick, the thick dark, dark kind, so it, it takes forever to wash out. Yeah. Yeah. And then we're better yet molasses, tiny little pine cones in it, and they just stick in there, and you can't get them out. It's just yeah, or you can be tarred and feathered. Yeah, or or syruped and pine coned. Either or, it's either or equally bad. I didn't realize until I watched Outlander that tarring and feathering is like you put hot tar on people. Yeah, that can't feel good. I mean, I I guess I just thought it was like room temperature tar. <laughs> you thought it was just lightly warmed tar. Yeah. 
you know yeah and then fit and it's like all right it's not the worst thing in the world like i kind of feel like an idiot but i'm fine yeah once i get all this tar off me Uh, this isn't home alone sammy joe this is the medieval times (laughs) (laughs) anyway kirsty deserves to be tarred and feathered (laughs) really like medieval kind or, or home alone kind Home Alone kind. Oh, okay. You know, just right. embarrass her a little yeah, bit. very nice of you. Yeah. <laughs> just embarrass her a little bit. Yeah. It doesn't matter. You know, kids, they just move on to the next thing. Yeah. Kirstie will trip and fall, and they'll be talking about that for a week, and then somebody else is going to, like, I don't know. Yeah. Poop themselves, <laughs> and then they'll be talking about themselves. that. It's like, oh, it's, you know, it's just whatever. You just got to ride sure. it out. You just got to ride it out. So... Anyway, Dawn says to Kirsty, I'm good. Thanks for asking. You know, mm-hmm. just again, writing it out. Don't give them anything. Yeah. Because if you snap back at them, they're just going to keep digging. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I was, I was good at rolling with it. Yeah. yeah. Probably way better than me. I was a snapbacker. Yeah. Oh, no. I, I knew how to take whatever they were saying and double down. Yes, and it. And then. Yeah, I was an escalator. I'd, I'd turn them into my friend. Because they'd be like, that's funnier than what I said. I'm like, that's right. Yeah, yeah. I respect I can make, you. I can make fun of myself better than any of y'all, all right? So I you turn come them at into me, my enemies. And I will double down with you, and then yeah. we'll become friends. Yeah. yeah. I was like, you don't know pain. <laughs> I was like, it's darkness that you seek. I was born in the darkness, raised <laughs> in it. <laughs> Bane. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But also, wasn't Batman born in darkness? And raised in it? No, no. He was born in uh, a mansion. Privilege. Raised That's true. in it. And then he fell down a well and then became and darkness. And then he was reborn in darkness. Yeah. And then he was darkness. I am darkness. Yeah. I mean, if you fell down a well with a bunch of bats in it, you'd probably become darkness too. Yeah, I definitely would. Yeah. And they all swirl around you as you slowly yeah. stand up. Yeah. And the Hans Zimmer score comes in. Boom. Yeah. That'd be pretty That'd be awesome. Yeah. How can you not become Batman at that point? (laughs) I don't know. I am Batman. I'd be Bat Lady. (laughs) No, I'd be Bat Bitch. (laughs) (laughs) They haven't made that one yet. That's a yeah, new franchise well, you could start. You know what? Call me, up uh, DC call and up pitch DC. it. Yeah. yeah. Listen, I got a new this? character for you. Bat bitch. I'm bat bitch. <laughs> They're like, the rapper? No, 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 no. Superhero. <laughs> yeah. Is there a bad bitch rapper? Uh, uh, no, but there's bad baby. Oh, well, yeah. I know that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, am I, how long of a loop am I? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. yeah that is the cash me outside girl. Yeah, how about that how about that okay anyway <laughs> back to dawn and her stupid cursy bitch <laughs> right <laughs> tart and feathered <laughs> um okay yeah so then we follow dawn and her friend into an art classroom where they're drawing the negative space around oh. a small statue of a naked woman a concept i get but cannot do in practice i took an art class like this Mm -hmm. so i originally wanted to go to school for graphic design well i originally originally wanted to go to school to be an actress then i was like maybe i'll go to school for graphic design because i took some graphic design classes in high school and i really liked it and i was Mm -hmm. on the yearbook committee and i liked it Mm -hmm. so 
um, in order to be in graphic design classes at the college I went to, you had to take like intro art classes, like studio art stuff. Oh. And the first couple of weeks we were drawing with charcoal and we never, we didn't actually learn how to use charcoal until like three weeks into doing it. Okay. And that's when our teacher decided to tell us how to actually use it. Uh Uh-huh. And she just kept bragging about her own artwork and she was just an awful instructor. And then (laughs) because I couldn't pass that, I was like, well, I guess I can't be a graphic designer. Oh, and then I didn't, I didn't follow um taking graphic design classes. Jeez, yeah. Sometimes one one bad professor is enough to ruin it. Man, so this scene makes me angry a little bit. Okay, (laughs) because it just reminds me of like. of that class that I took (laughs) in the negative space. And I'm like, fuck negative space. (laughs) Also, everybody's drawing the actual, nobody's actually drawing the negative space. Everybody's drawing the actual naked lady statue. Yeah, yeah. I remember I took one art class in college and uh, there's a lot of drawing with pencils and I still have the pencil set that I had to buy for the class. It was like a really Mm -hmm. expensive one that had like different grades of darkness, you know, in the pencils. And I remember drawing some cool things with it, you know, like a yeah, like a mountain and a lake. Yeah, I always surprised myself. I feel like myself. if I had had a better instructor, I would have done well, yeah. you know. But like, I don't know. Sometimes that ruins it for you. I ended up. I mean, I I still had to take some kind of art elective, so I ended up taking a, a darkroom photography class. Yeah, which was really cool. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, I've forgotten a lot of what I learned in that class about f stops and whatnot so i have to like i have a chart that reminds me of what they are of f-stops yeah like and what depth of field is and all that kind of stuff yeah you i mean for you it's like second nature second nature man you got to deal with that all the time but i (laughs) i never remember those things (laughs) (laughs) f-stops and apertures i forget which is which and yeah which one does what right Right. F-stop is focus and aperture is how much light you're letting into the lens, right? Well, they're basically the same. All right, cool. So that's why I don't ever remember. <laughs> no, no, no. F-stop and aperture is like the same thing, you know? Mm-hmm. And then focus. But they're like reverse. But it does. Well, yeah, it's an inverse relationship. So the lower yeah. the F-stop, the wider the iris right. is. That's yeah. what Let's I more light in. me. Yes. But it also blurs your background more. Right. So it does have an effect on your focus. Yeah. So that's why like I have a chart to remind me of like, (laughs) you know, what if I want something to, you know, if I want everything to be in focus, it's got to be this. Right. But then there's there's just so many variables because then it's also how close you are to the object. How close you are, how much light you need. And what's yeah. behind it, and yeah, it's just there's yeah. just a lot. There's, there's a, a lot, lot to it, man. I mean, a lot to it. A lot of people think I give it's you just a lot point, of credit. Point the camera and and hit the button, and boom, it's, it's done. If you know, when... if you know anything about, like, if you've done any kind of looking at photography, looking at or it. film or anything like that, yeah, you know that there's a difference. Yeah, you know, I would hope so. Some people don't see it, though. Some people really don't. I know. You know? Yeah. They're just like, I don't know. I like the smile. And you're like, yeah, but what about the light? What about the 
depth, depth of field. What about the background? Yeah, I mean, I certainly know when you do videos for me versus when I take them myself. I'm like, this is nothing compared yeah. to the genius created <laughs> by Pat Bohan. Oh, okay. Well, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and i got my one rinky dink light that i try to move around and i'm like what hey, am sometimes i doing one light is all you need you know i know <laughs> <laughs> i at least but like you know what from you i learned a lot about like warmth of light and so yeah. you know i used to i used to like have kind of like really hot like spotlights on my product right and then i'd have my light on in the room but like that the light in my room casts a yellow yeah. tint. So I I always turn that off now. And well, I just use natural light and then my one white light that I have. Look at that. Look at that. Look at that. That's that's nice. Good. Well, nice diversion. <laughs> so back to the negative space. And yes. the negative ladies and the negative being show. mean to each other. Mm-hmm. Um so Dawn takes her place next to a cute boy. This is Kevin. Kevin he called her freaky and they try to be all cool talking about the assignment like oh yeah negative space what's that all about so weird like I'm so cool <laughs> so weird I don't get it I yeah. don't get it and we're actually going to do some lines here okay so you be Kevin and I will be Don all right <clears throat> um but first yeah so behind, so they're kind of like talking, flirting, whatever. And then behind Kevin, Dawn's friend holds up her pad of paper on which she has written, he wants you in large letters. Yeah, but it's like out of focus. <laughs> it's like kind of off screen. But you yeah. can make out what it says. You can make out what it says. Yeah. yeah. Um. So then Kevin turns to Dawn and says. So I uh, heard you like had a freak out and cut yourself. Uh, no, not even. It was a whole, it was so not. I felt like that before. Things get so crazy, you know? You just feel like you want to do something extreme. <laughs> you make a really good Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> Don says, yeah, I just, I had a lot of intense stuff going on. And Kevin like kind of smiles at her, goes back to his drawing. A lot of people don't understand that. Pain. Yeah. Then Kirsty's got a blab about it everywhere because she's... Kirsty, man. It's like she thinks, I'm so hot. Everybody should just bow down before me. I'm like, whatever. She's so superficial. Everything's always about clothes or who likes who. And we can see Buffy enter the classroom going over to the teacher. There's just way more important stuff going on. There's a lot of crucial, you know, stuff. Yeah. This one time in history, Buffy, we can see Buffy starting to like walk down the aisle toward Dawn. She had this book called Annals of History, and she didn't know how to say the word annals. So she kept saying. I bet she said animal. (laughs) What an idiot. I think she said annals. What? (laughs) I think that's what she was going to (laughs) say. Yeah, so then. Um, Dawn turns and she see, she sees Buffy and Buffy says, I have to talk to you. Um, and Dawn kind of like looks apprehensive and we see her like using the piece of charcoal and we see a shot of the teacher and then we go back to them and Dawn says, um, what? And she says, can it wait? 
I'm in the middle of class. Buffy says, I know. Please come with me. So Dawn puts down her charcoal, leaves the class with Buffy and says, I thought mom was picking me up. Buffy tries to bring her outside, but Dawn demands that she tell her what's going on. And Buffy says, it's bad. Mom had an accident. Something went wrong from the tumor. Dawn says, is she okay? Is she, but she's okay, but it's serious, but, and Buffy says, Dawn. And then we cut to a shot from inside the classroom looking at the two of them in the hallway through the glass and Dawn slowly begins to cry as the news sinks in she puts her hand over her mouth and we can hear her very faintly like through the glass and she says no and she kind of keeps saying no 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 she shakes her head um, backing away from Buffy we can see her talking but can't really make out what she says I'll get to that in trivia she crumples to the floor sobbing and then we see a shot of Kevin watching, looking away, shot of the teacher, the teacher and the other students moving towards the glass and watch as Buffy kneels trying to comfort Dawn. And then we pan over um, Dawn's half finished sketch of the statue or the body. Aha. Uh-huh. And we cut to a commercial. Okay. Uh, then we cut back to the episode cut back (laughs) come back after break to an overhead shot of Joyce on a gurney in the morgue her silk camisole being cut open for the autopsy we cut to a close up of Tara's face looking at Willow who's frozen holding up a shirt in front of her closet and then we cut to Anya in the passenger seat as Xander is driving Um, Xander pulls up in front of Willow's dorm and Tara tells Willow they're here. Willow tosses the shirt she was holding onto a pile of clothes on her bed. Back in the car with Xander, he asks Anya if she wants to come up and Anya tells him he's double parked and he says, let him give me a ticket and gets out of the car. Back in the dorm room, Willow is panicking over what to wear, purple to be more somber, or a yellow shirt that says Campus Queen. She says, maybe I want to be cheery, like like everything's normal. No, that's rude. That's that's disrespectful. La, 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 I don't care. And mm. Allison Hannigan always gets me. So of course. I'm in yep. tears at this point. Yep. She tosses the shirts on the bed, goes back to her closet, And Joss Whedon's commentary here says, I shot Allie's side of this handheld because she's kind of frantic. And Tara's side, I kept more static. And Allie's cute in this and absolutely heartbreaking. And this was a sequence that was the hardest to shoot for me. Not for her because she can do do this. I don't know how, but she can just do this. But every take that we did, she made me and pretty much everyone around us cry. The two of them are extraordinary in this. He mm-hmm. says, I don't want to talk when I see her like that. I get too upset <laughs> and I know I'm supposed to and I will. <laughs> and then he says, jokes in this episode also came from the ridiculousness of perspective. Um, so like this is when Willow is like, I can't I can't be royal and wearing purple um, like, oh, la, la, la. I don't care about anybody. Um, he says, I went to nine stores looking for a black tie because I thought I had to wear a black tie to my friend's funeral and I became obsessive about it. I was like, it's not real if I don't wear a black tie. Um, So that's kind of, so he's like utilizing that experience from his life for what's happening with Willow in this scene. Okay, gotcha. 
so Willow starts crying, picks up another shirt, and she's like, God, why do all my shirts have such stupid things on them? And there's like one, she's holding one that has like a girl with like a, uh, like tutu. And it's like a real, like real, like tool material. And I was yeah. like, man, I can really relate to this because she's like, why can't I just dress like a grown up? Can I be a grown up? <laughs> and I'm pretty sure when Dave and I were watching this episode, I was wearing like uh, a bright blue sweater <laughs> with like a rainbow on it. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I, I am Willow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and so Tara comes over, puts her hands on Willow's shoulders, trying to calm her. And she says, shh, darling. And Willow's like, I can't do this. And Tara kisses her on the forehead and then on the mouth. Yeah. And I was like, hey, first on-screen kiss here. Yep. There we go. This is the first time we see them kiss on screen. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have some trivia about that. All right. Um, I'll get to that later, though. So Tara assures her, we can do this. We can be strong. And Willow says, strong like an Amazon. And Tara says, strong like an Amazon. Right. Anya and Xander are climbing up the stairs. Anya keeps asking Xander, like, what the expectations are, what they'll be expected to do. But Xander says he doesn't know that they'll talk to Giles. They enter Willow's dorm, and Willow is now wearing a different green shirt with, like, a reddish cardigan. And she and Xander hug. Um, Willow says she's afraid she's going to start to cry again. And Anya says that Xander cried at the apartment, and it was weird. (laughs) (laughs) And Willow's like, yeah, it's a thing we do. Um, we cut to an overhead shot of them all kind of standing like sort of together but not really touching they're all like holding themselves Mm -hmm. looking very small so this shot is like supposed to make them feel small yeah Anya asks again what's going to happen and Willow says they're going to the morgue Tara says Giles was going to go with Joyce and Buffy was going to tell Dawn at school Willow panics and moves off screen to change again And Xander asks if they're sure this was natural, that, you know, if it wasn't Glory. He says maybe Glory did it and covered her tracks, but Willow reappears, this time in a pink turtleneck, and tells him that Glory would want them to know it was her. And Xander starts to rant about doctors, that they dug a hole in Joyce's skull, gave her a Band-Aid and let her go. But Willow says, like, it just happened, you know? And Xander says, things don't just happen. And he kind of trails off, ranting um as willow puts up her fists and says let's go come on you and me but xander walks over and kisses her on the forehead and i thought it was really cute the way that like tara kind of watches this and she's like oh you know yeah she wasn't, um, wasn't threatened by it no she's like this you know she's like looking on like this is really sweet mm-hmm. um and xander tells willow that he can't take her and she says damn straight And then, you know, again, like everything about this scene, Willow panicking about what to wear, Xander being angry, Willow kind of diffusing the tension with anger. Like, it's all very real. It's all reactions I know that I've had, especially the humor one. Like, I definitely go to a place of like when I see a lot of people being upset and I think you can relate to this of like trying to just make people happy and laugh and not to... Not to make it less sacred or anything, but just because, like, we're not meant to be sad all the time, always. And, like, 
grief is such a weird thing that we can bounce around from emotion to emotion and be sad one minute and laughing another minute and like making a joke about the person who's dead and you know it's like yeah. that's all okay mm-hmm. and we're seeing like the full range of that happening yeah. here yeah i definitely never joke ever when it's <laughs> like uncomfortable or weird yeah i just uh-huh. i just like you know i just sink into it you know sure just really really get you're not into trying it, to joke you know? this whole episode what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah um and then out of nowhere anya asks are we going to see the body like are we going to be in the room with the body and willow upset hugs herself and she's like i i don't know no um tara suggests they take over patrolling and xander agrees willow you know moves away to change again still wishing she had the blue shirt that joyce liked and anya says that she'll check the laundry room for her and then we're gonna do some lines here okay so i'm gonna actually have you be willow okay you can be willow and xander all right um so tara leaves and so it's just Anya, Willow, and Xander in the room. And Anya kind of walks around. She's like pacing a little bit. And then she turns around suddenly and says, are they going to cut the body open? Oh, my God. Would you just stop talking? Just shut your mouth, please. What am I doing? How can you act like that? Am I supposed to be changing my clothes a lot? Is that the helpful thing to do? Xander says, guys... The way you behave. Nobody will tell me. Because it's not okay for you to be asking these things. But I don't understand. And Willow and Mm. Xander stop and look at her. And Anya says, I don't understand how this all happens. How we go through this. I mean, I knew her. And then she's, there's just a body. And I don't understand why she can't just get back in it. And not be dead anymore. It's stupid. It's mortal and stupid. And I am trying not to cry. <laughs> and and Xander's crying and not talking. And, and I was having fruit punch. And I thought, well, Joyce will never have any more fruit punch ever. And she'll never have eggs or yawn or brush her hair. Not ever. And no one will explain to me why. And yep. that is probably the scene that made Amy cry. Yeah, you got it. (laughs) That is what always gets me. (laughs) And Dave was crying too. And you wouldn't expect it to come from Anya, of all people. No, but it also really does make sense because she hasn't been mortal for a really long time and she doesn't get it. Right. And I think it makes the most sense to come from her, to be like, I'm still trying to figure out how to be human. I don't, this is a thing that like is just beyond my comprehension because it's beyond everybody's comprehension. Well, it's also kind of childlike too, you know? It's Mm -hmm. like, I just don't get it. I don't understand. Yeah, right. You're gonna have to explain it to me. Like, what do you mean? Like, this is how we deal with it? Like how, how, why can't she just get back in her body? Right. Um, Says the previous demon who used to, you know, kill people. Right. <laughs> but she's a human now. Yeah. So Anya has tears in her eyes and she kind of like goes to wipe them. Xander goes to hug her, but she sort of brushes him off. 
and she sits in a chair that's like covered with pillows and stuff. And then Willow says, we don't know how it works or why. So Willow kind of like backs off, you know, and it's like, mm -hmm. oh, Anya is grieving too. And she really doesn't understand. Um, Willow wipes tears from her own eyes and sits on the bed as Xander paces by the door. Anya stares down at the chair in the kind of cut between the three of them. And then Anya pulls a blue sweater out from under her. So probably the one that Willow was looking for. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that, that's the one. And then, you know, but she doesn't know. She like tucks it into the drawer um, in the dresser that's right next to her. Mm -hmm. And suddenly there's a loud bang. So again, like this moment of like there's silence. They're all just sitting with their thoughts. And then suddenly a loud bang. Yeah. Startling and noises. Rather than us seeing it happen, we just hear the bang and we look over and Xander has punched his fist into a wall and it's stuck. Mm. Anya and Willow get up to help him as he grumbles about the shoddy construction. Tara returns and Xander pulls his hand out and his knuckles are all bloody. Um, Anya helps him wash off his hand and kind of wrap it up in a towel as Tara tells Willow that she couldn't find the sweater. But Willow says it doesn't matter that they need to get going to be there for Buffy. And Xander says, you're right. The Avengers got to get with the assembling. We'll go. We'll deal. We'll help. That's what we do. Which we is funny Buffy. because uh, Joss Whedon directed the Avengers. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah, that's happened a couple of times. Yeah. And this was like way before that happened. Yeah. Um. I wonder so, if he like ever had like a thought that he might be the director of Marvel's Avengers. I don't know. While he was doing these. Probably not. It's probably, probably like a not. distant thought. Well, yeah, because he was so young here. And yeah. this was like, you know, really his first, this was his first major project. Right. You know? Yeah. So this is kind of like what put him on the map. As, right. As you say. As you say. Um, as I say, as <laughs> map makers say, cartographers. Map maker, map maker, make, make me, me a map. A map. <laughs> See, we can still have some silly. Um, so Anya says, how are we going to help? So she's still, again, like she's asking questions. She's trying to figure out like, what what are we doing? What am I supposed to do? What's happening? Yeah. Um, and they don't answer her. She closes the door behind them and we kind of focus on the door for a few seconds. And then Willow rushes back in, grabs the red card again, again, which was on the nightstand by the window. And then the camera moves out of the window and to an overhead shot where we see a meter maid, which I'm sure is not a PC term these days, putting a ticket <laughs> oh, yeah. on Xander's car. <laughs> um, but yeah, I was I like, I don't know anymore. what you call those people. <laughs> you call them parking attendants. Park parking, uh... No, not a parking well, attendant. Well, I was, I was going to say parking attendant, but that's the people who sit in the... Parking enforcement. <laughs> okay, parking law enforcement. <laughs> no, not just par parking, parking enforcement. Parking enforcement officers. Yeah. Say P we POs. POs. All right, so we see a PO putting a <laughs> ticket. <laughs> More like a PIA, am I right? Yeah. PETA? There's nothing worse than when you see your car getting ticketed. Yeah. Or like if you know that you're... Remember that time when we were at work? I don't know if you were there, but uh, <laughs> uh, it was like one of those days where you couldn't park on one side of the road because they do street sweeping or something. Oh, no, it was trash. Trash pickup. Oh, yeah. So I parked on that side of the road. And then I went inside and someone's like, oh, you found a spot? And I was like, yeah, it was right there. There's a whole bunch of spots. They're like, oh, no, you're not supposed to park on that side. 
because of trash. I was like, oh, nuts. So I went down, I ran down, and there was a a parking (laughs) enforcement lady who was Mm -hmm. uh, about to ticket it. And Mm -hmm. I I ran up. I was like, and then. Like Jack. (laughs) Yeah. And then my, my car starter button got stuck. So it was starting my car and shutting it off and starting my car and shutting it off and starting my car and shutting it off. <laughs> so I was like, oh no. And I couldn't start my car because it, it just kept starting it and shutting off. She was just kind of watching me as a mess trying to, you know, mess why with the key fob. Why didn't you just use your key like normal? Because it, it wouldn't stop turning on and shutting off. Oh no, I couldn't get into the car. That's what it was. Oh, I couldn't get okay. in, but it was turning on and shutting off. Turning on and shutting off. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, like, why didn't you just use your key manually then to get into your car? Yeah, I don't know. That probably would have worked, I guess. I don't know. I was yeah. panicking. You okay? were having a panic moment. So I was like, well, I got to run back in, get a screwdriver to open it up to get the battery out. So I ran back out, <laughs> opened it up, ran back out. And I told her, I was like, I'll be right back. I'll be right back. And I ran. And by the time I came back, there was a ticket on my car. <laughs> Oh my god. I was so mad. What a like, jerk. You gotta be kidding me. <laughs> yeah. She was like she like as soon as you ran back in, she put the ticket on your car, I bet. Oh yeah. She's like, I'm And then here. went back to like, you know, three cars behind you or something. Right. But she was yeah. like, I'm getting that car. <laughs> oh yeah. She got me good. Yeah. It was embarrassing. Uh, very embarrassing. And I was very out of breath and very sweaty. <sighs> yeah, yeah, well, you know. The law doesn't rest, Pat. Yeah, I guess not. Doesn't rest for people who are having fob issues, and it doesn't <laughs> rest for death. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. the law does not rest for death. <laughs> we cut to an overhead shot of Joyce's body in the morgue. We can see a cut on the side of her head where her tumor was removed. Um, a doctor removes his gloves. Her eyes are still open. I'm like, why didn't they close them? Oh this yeah. This annoys me. As you know, I've pointed out in Lost. Yeah, you got to shut like, them. Close those eyes. Why yeah. aren't you closing them? That's respectful. Agreed. Um the camera follows as Dr. Kriegel pulls the sheet over Joyce, turns off a light, leaves the morgue, walks down a hall in the waiting room, into the waiting room. So again, this is all one long shot following yeah. him. Mhm. Um, until he gets to the waiting room where Giles, Don, Buffy, and the Scoobies are gathered. And then we cut to a close-up of everyone exchanging hugs, including Anya and Giles. I did make the note that why are morgues always so dark? I don't you know? know. I guess it's they just like to... Too creepy. You don't need mood lighting. You know, you might as well just light it up like a stop and shop. Yeah. You know, let's see everything. Let's, let's yeah. not hide in corners. Let's... Yeah. It's already you know, creepy enough. It's already creepy enough. We got a bunch of dead people. All right. Mm-hmm. We don't need we don't need little little pools of Yeah, maybe put light. a little disco ball in there. Yeah, to throw just a disco it up ball. A little bit. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Some think vampires lights. would think Why twice not? about coming back if uh they had to deal with that. Yeah, or maybe they would uh stop and party. Yeah. They would just be like, Oh yeah, we wanna wake up in that morgue because it's yeah. a discoteca. Yeah. Let's <laughs> oh, party. you got to wake up in Sunnydale General? That's awesome. That's the, that's the one with the disco ball, right? Yeah. <laughs> and the morgue is off uh, uh, a DJ. <laughs> what? <laughs> the, oh, sorry. The, the, the mortician, right? Is that who works there? In the uh, morgue? Yeah. Mortician? 
Yeah, Mortician's a DJ. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he he, DJ, he DJs on the side, you know? Funeral director. I guess I wouldn't be the person working in the morgue. DJ Cold Breath. That's his name. Oh, man. Yeah. Yikes. Hey, how's it going? I'm DJ Cold Breath. And tonight, <laughs> normally I'm dealing with the dead, but tonight we're all alive, man. He's like real low-key, you know, yeah. but he gets everyone fired up. Mm-hmm. Then he pulls out his horns. <laughs> And drops to the disco ball. Tonight we're going to going back in time to the nineteen eighties and we're listening to some Oingo Boingo Dead Man's Party. <laughs> Oingo Boingo. It's a dead man's party. <laughs> yeah. Leave your body and soul after <laughs> Yeah. I'm gonna roll right into Toto after that because who who parties without Toto? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, uh, no one. And if you do, I don't want to know you. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I bless those rains down in Africa. <laughs> down in Africa. Okay. All right, back to reality. All right. Or non-reality. <laughs> or non-reality. Uh, okay, so then we... Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, so in the waiting room, everybody's hugging, and then Giles sees Dr. Kriegel, walks over with Buffy and Dawn. Dawn asks if they can see their mom, and Buffy says, Dawn, not now. And Dr. Kriegel says, the on-site report seems more or less accurate. Your mother did have what looks like an aneurysm, a sudden hemorrhaging from a ruptured arterial vessel near the uh, where the tumor was removed. Buffy says, shouldn't we have known about that? that was a danger and dr creel says sometimes these things are detectable and sometimes they're not and we cut to a close-up of doc of buffy as dr creel continues joyce was aware of the possibility of a rupture and the effects she didn't even get on the phone so clearly this was very sudden and we see don kind of staring at the floor as he says she uh, may have felt a little nausea probably passed out as it happened And we get a close-up of Buffy's face, and he's continuing to talk. I doubt there was much pain. And even if someone had been by her side, and we get a flash of Joyce in the living room, Buffy by her side, Buffy takes her hand in concern as Joyce sits on the sofa and says, my head. And Buffy says, mom? And then we get the same flashes of Buffy, Joyce, and the paramedic in the ambulance, uh, Dawn, Joyce, Buffy, and the doctor in the hospital. Um, and those go by like much quicker than before. And then we cut back to a close up of Buffy's face. Um, so again, this is her imagining again, like, oh, there, it's still like, could have, I could have saved her. But Dr. Kriegel says it's doubtful that this could have been dealt with in time. So, yeah. you know, he was like, even if you were there, probably we couldn't have done anything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is a thing that sometimes like, even without, joyce having a brain tumor like people have aneurysms and they're just dead yeah it can happen very suddenly and i try not to think about that too much because if i do i would just live in fear all the time right it's very rare but like it can happen but it happens and then they're just dead and there's nothing you can do about it yeah yeah so crazy don't like that don't like that um giles thanks him and buffy asks are you sure that there wasn't a lot of pain and we get a close-up of dr kriegel saying absolutely and his mouth continues to move but what we hear is what buffy is thinking not what he's actually saying this and is so the what, play-doh face doctor right 
Yeah, I think yeah. so. <laughs> <laughs> I saw his face again. I was like, I just want to merge this guy, whatever his name is. His face. I just want to stick my thumbs in his face. You know, <laughs> just kind of mash him up. Like Not just because he's delivering this putty. bad news. Yeah, I mean that too. You know yeah. why not? Yeah. Yeah. Um. So yeah. And so he says like absolutely, as in there wasn't a lot of pain. Um. And his mouth continues to move, but what we hear is not actually what he's we hear, saying. Wah, it's like wah, 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 no, wah, he says wah, 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 wah. <laughs> what we hear is him saying, "I have to lie to make you feel better." <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> like that's what Buffy is hearing. Right. You know, right. she's just like, "Whatever, you're just saying this to make me feel better." Right. Um. Dr. Kriegel tells him that there's paperwork that needs to be filled out, uh, decisions that need to be made, and Giles tells Buffy that he'll do as much of it as he possibly can for her. Um, And then he moves off with the doctor as the others approach Buffy and Dawn. Buffy tells him it's what they thought, that it was the tumor, and Willow, you know, is like, we should just sit down. Um, So Buffy, Tara, and Willow sit down. Dawn starts to ask a question and then stops herself and says she has to pee, Um, which again, like, is kind of another one of those, like, oversharing sort of things like you're not saying i have to go to the bathroom you're just like i yep. have to pee <laughs> um <laughs> I like I've i feel s- like i think i've said that at work before by accident you know yeah i'm sure that i have too yeah um just because like i don't know i'm not used i also to got kids too so yeah. you know it's like got a pee pee <laughs> got a pee pee right yeah <laughs> i gotta go number one uh she leaves and buffy says that she thinks dawn is mad at her um, that she doesn't think that she believes her. Um, and so, like, this is where, like, you know, we've got Buffy fantasizing about, like, what what could have been done, like how Joyce could have been saved. And we have Dawn on the flip side not even believing that this is real because, like, yeah. she hasn't seen the body. Right. Um, yeah. So she's, like, and and that's obviously another, like, part of grief that is very real where people like don't believe it until they're at the wake right and believe it um, when you see it right yeah so um anya says so they're kind of all quiet for a second and then anya suddenly says loudly i wish that joyce didn't die and everyone kind of looks at her and then she says because she was nice and now we all hurt and anya's yeah. like she's, and she's getting a hold of it yeah <laughs> yeah Xander's like Anya ever the wordsmith (laughs) (laughs) Buffy thanks her you know she knows it's coming from a place of genuine care yeah right on Willow suggests that they get snacks for her and Dawn and she Xander and Anya leave leaving Buffy alone with Tara and we're gonna do some lines here okay I'll have you be Buffy and I'll be Tara you know I do a great Buffy yeah Um, yeah, so we see the two of them sitting down together. Buffy says, I'm sorry, you have to go through all this. Tara says, you don't have to worry about me. Everybody wants to help. I don't even know if I'm here. I don't know what's going on. Never done this. This, that's just an amazingly dumb thing to say. Obviously, I've never done this before. I have. Buffy looks over at her. My mother died when I was 17. I didn't know. I'm sorry. No, no, I I didn't mean to. I'm only telling you this because I know it's not my place, but there's things 
thoughts and reactions I had that I couldn't understand or even try to explain to anyone else. Thoughts that made me feel like I was losing it or like I was some kind of horrible person. I know it's different for you because it's always different, but if you ever need she kind of trails off and they just sort of sit down sit there like looking at each other then looking at the floor and Buffy looks back up at Tara was it sudden what your mother no yes it's always sudden you're never ready right so yeah that's what she's kind of saying is like even if you know even if she was sick like you're never ready yeah um even if you know it's coming Right. Then we cut to Dawn coming out of the bathroom. She looks over to see Buffy and Tara talking, then looks over to the doors marked authorized personnel only that lead to the morgue, and she goes through them. She heads down the dark hallway, then we cut into the morgue and see her looking in through the window. She enters it and locks the door behind her. Stupid, stupid move, okay? Yeah, why would you lock it, huh? So I always forget what happens next. Like, Mm -hmm. I never remember that this happens. Yeah. Um, But her locking the door, number one, you're in Sunnydale, okay? Just just a terrible idea. Don't lock the door like that. But number two, it actually reminds me more. Have you seen My Girl? No. Okay. So, (laughs) in the movie My Girl, um, it's about a young girl. I think she's eight or nine or something. And her father has a funeral home like they live in the funeral home right so in the basement they have like a morgue essentially Mm -hmm. and at one point she's like playing with a basketball i think and it bounces down into the basement she like never goes into the basement and she goes down gets the basketball there's like bodies down there and she goes back up and she accidentally locks herself into the basement yeah into the morgue area and she's freaking out like can't get out she puts her hands over her ears and she's singing do a diddy diddy dum diddy do <laughs> like like over and over again really really loud maybe until I like did somebody see, finds uh, her maybe i did see this movie it sounds very familiar it's a great I movie. saw it when it was on hbo when i was like a kid or something Oh, yeah. I mean, I it's a great... I saw a lot of movies on HBO as a kid. <laughs> yeah, I did too. More than I should have, really. Yeah, I saw a lot of bad ones. But, <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so it's a it's a really good movie. And um, it's actually on my list of things to watch with Dave because he hasn't yeah. seen it. But, yeah, anyway, I could, re- I could relate to that because, like, I would definitely have that feeling. Like, I, mm-hmm. I watch Six Feet Under. It's one of my favorite shows. But, like actually being in a morgue with a lot of dead people that makes me super uncomfortable like i can never do it um for a while i was like oh maybe i should get into forensics because i took a forensics class and like you know i'm into like the like forensic files and all that stuff yeah but i was like i don't think i could be around dead people and i feel like you kind of need to be around be okay being around dead people if you're going to be in forensics (laughs) i think so (laughs) so (laughs) yeah so anyway that's not what happens here but that's what this scene always makes me think of. Okay. Uh, so Dawn moves past the other bodies towards Joyce's. Like she instinctively knows which one is her mom. But she's also like, you know, there's x-rays right near her. So I guess it makes sense that she kind of knows. Yeah. Um, 
She looks down at the sheet and reaches out toward it, and we cut to a close-up of Joyce's covered body and then back to Dawn, who pulls her hand back and then takes a deep breath as completely silently, a body at the other end of the morgue sits Rises. up. Yeah, pulls yeah. the sheet off itself. And this kind of harkens back to season one, Never Kill a Boy on the First Date. Oh, yeah. Remember when they're when they're at the funeral home? I remember. And suddenly, Pork and Beans guy wakes up. Pork Orba. and Beans. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. Oh, but like it's silent. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, it was in that scene too. But this right. is just terrifying. Yeah. Um. And we cut to a close up, and it's like at first it kind of looked like a Kevin Bacon looking vampire <laughs> i didn't get like that Kevin vibe Bacon. but and then when when yeah. it got closer to him again i was like oh like when there was better light i was like oh maybe not but at first he kind of looked like kevin Bacon. just the hair yeah, yeah i think it was the must up hair <laughs> he gets up and then we cut to a low shot where we can see the vampire's leg as he stands a few feet behind dawn who hasn't heard him yet and she's still looking at her mom's covered body he takes mm-hmm. a few steps toward her. She turns slowly, and then we cut to a close-up of her reaction shot, seeing him, looking surprised. And then we cut away to the waiting room. Xander, Anya, and Willow return with a lot of snacks. Their hands are full of coffee so many cups, snacks. snacks, sandwiches. Yeah. Willow says, we panicked, and she tells Buffy to have whatever she wants. Um, and Anya, Anya says, the sandwiches are meat. <laughs> <laughs> which i was like i don't know if that would be comforting to me i don't think i'd want a sandwich Meat? from a vending machine yeah um buffy says that she's not hungry and willow asks about dawn xander asks if she's still in the bathroom and buffy says i guess she tells him to wait there as she gets up and walks towards the bathroom then looks over to the doors marked authorized personnel only and goes there instead hmm. she walks down the dark hallway and we can hear like a little bit of noise in the background. She starts to walk more quickly. We hear Dawn screaming from inside the morgue before Buffy reaches the door and looks in to see Dawn struggling against the vampire. Buffy pushes against the door, but it's locked. And then she throws her body against it, breaking it open just as a vamp is about to bite Dawn. Buffy struggles, but eventually pulls him off Dawn, sending Dawn flying into Joyce's gurney which Dawn grabs onto and pulls the sheet down, revealing her mom's face as she falls. Buffy fights the vamp, kneeing him in the crotch. Um, He pushes her into a cart full of metal instruments. And this fight is very close, very physical. It's not like a fun, crazy kicks. Like it's all like, it's like choking, like very close. Yeah, it's like a born identity fight. Yeah. Down and dirty, hand to hand. Right. Kicks and smacks. And also Mm -hmm. like, Buffy doesn't have any stakes on her. There, there's nothing wooden, you know, right. in this in this hospital in the morgue. Um, she, as Buffy like struggles in the background, we cut to Dawn slowly looking up toward her mother. Then Buffy tackles the vamp to the floor, grabs a metal saw, pushes it down on his neck. It's like again very close range, and oh, yeah. she's got to like push this saw down on him, Jeez. sever his head, and dust him. <laughs> Ugh, again, very physical. Very physical. She rolls physical. over, takes a few breaths, um, because, you know, Buffy doesn't get a break either. She doesn't, she's always the slayer. She doesn't get to stop, no matter what's happening, who's dying. Like, yeah. of course, she has to kill a demon on the day her mom dies. Of course, yeah. 
Um, you also got to give the fans what you want, you know? You can't go a whole episode with all, you know, this. You just got to throw, know. A, I throw mean, a little vamp I, at it. I was know? thinking about this, and I like I said to Dave, I was like, I wish they didn't have this in here. Like, I feel like it takes away from it. But then I, I was thinking like it was, about it. It was just a little bit of comfort, you know? Yeah, like, I ah, mean, okay. I don't know if it's comfort it's so much. It's not comic much. relief. It's just like violent, violence relief. <laughs> I guess, but I... For me, I felt like it was more uh, that theme again of like things don't stop, yeah. you know, like she can't have this one day off like this. Right. This one thing is not going to be sacred because all all other life doesn't stop just because one person dies, even right. if you want it to. Yeah. Um. So she's the slayer. This is her duty. She's got to deal with this still. You know, mm-hmm. so I I kind of felt like it made sense because yeah. I think like that's what happens in real life. Like even if you're like, I can take the day off of work, you still have to take your dog out to go to the bathroom. You know, right. like you still have to deal with with like life things. Yeah. Um, so I was I was kind of like. Yeah, I kind of came around to being OK with it, not for a relief, but just for. Yeah, this is what of course would happen. Yeah. So Buffy slowly rolls into a sitting position and she says, Dawn, and the camera pulls back and we see both girls looking up from the floor as their mother's body is on the gurney, uh, looking up at their mother's body on the gurney. Dawn gets up on her knees and looks down at her mom and says, is she cold? And Buffy says, it's not her. It's not her. She's gone. Where'd she go? Dawn says, and then slowly reaches out to touch Joyce's body. We cut to an overhead close-up shot of Joyce's face and Dawn's hand slowly reaching toward her. But before she touches her, we cut to credits. Yeah. She's going to poke at the body. Well, I think she, you know, again, it was like that feeling of like, I need to touch it and know that it's yeah. hmm. real. Okay. All right. Any final thoughts? No, except you really took your time through that episode. Yikes. <laughs> yeah, well. It's not so as much long to as, drink in. Not as long as Restless, but yeah. there's just a lot of trivia. This was a big episode. Yeah. It's a big episode. It's done well. It's done very differently. Uh-huh. It's very it's done differently for the series. It's also done differently for any other death we've ever seen before, you know? Right. Okay. All so, right, you got any final trivia on this? What's the I Thanksgiving got a bunch dinner of trivia. all about? What's the what's that all about? All right, um, hold on. I got. Yeah. I'll get to that. Okay. All right. <laughs> we got to lead up to it. Got to lead up to it. Okay. So from the start of writing the series, Joss Whedon asserted that it would never have a quote very special episode, which is like when the core cast of characters addresses a single issue like AIDS or drug abuse or alcoholism, something like mm-hmm. that. Um, Except they did and resolve, with the death. And resolve all the problems at the end. Um, Whedon was not interested in finding a life-affirming lesson. Rather, he wanted to capture the isolation and boredom involved in the minutes and hours after finding a loved one has died. What he termed the black ashes in your mouth numbness of death he did not intend to resolve any religious or existential questions about the end of life but wanted to examine the process in which a person becomes a mere body okay joss whedon's mother a teacher died in a car crash when he was 27 
He drew on his own experiences and those of friends and other writers in constructing the episode. There are many articles, trivia, on IMDb that say his mother died of an aneurysm, but this is not true. Hmm. I actually, because I read that and I was like, that seems like, that seems too convenient. And I was like, I don't feel like that's real. So I went down a whole rabbit hole and I found out that that is not actually true. His mom died in a car crash. Okay. Um... This episode, um, Sarah Michelle Gellar has talked about how difficult this episode was her was for her to um, film because she was um, raised by a single mother, and it was very difficult for her to. And she also like pushed back and didn't want Joyce to die. Um, okay. But Kristen Sutherland actually approached Joss at one point and said that she wanted to travel. And he was oh. like, don't worry, I'll be killing you off in a couple of seasons. Oh, okay. Well, that's um, nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, this episode features only diegetic sound. I don't, I'm not familiar with that word. D-I-E-D-I-E-J-E-T-I-C. Yeah. It's like, that's like background sound. Yeah. It's like, it's like uh, recorded sound. Okay. Yeah. Thanks. Uh, Whedon explained that music comforts the audience and he wanted this episode to be touching and horrifying at the same time. Oh, yeah. He said he, um, in the comment, DVD commentary, he said that in real life, real life does not have a soundtrack. So adding music would take away from the reality of the situation. He that's also why we said, like TV shows, though. We escape from reality, you know? I know, but that's not what he wanted in this episode. Yeah, well, he did it wrong. Throughout her time as Joyce's body during the filming of this episode, Christine Sutherland only blinked on camera once, which was taken out using CGI. Oh, CGI. Uh, So Uh. this is something like, I don't know if you know this, but like, is that normal for like the actor to play their body? Sure. In like long, I mean, like I get it if it's just like a quick, you know, five minutes like the death scene, and then you see the body for five minutes. But like a whole episode like this, is that normal? Yeah, either that or they do like a prosthetic. Uh, yeah, I mean, I know. guess I always thought that that is what was used in this until I read this trivia, and I was like, "What? That was actually yeah. her this whole time?" Like, no, it certainly we see like her. her a lot. I thought I saw her breathing at one point. Yeah, I I thought I saw that towards the yeah. like I think at the very end. But she um, looked very dead. Yeah. Very so I gray. Was, I was really surprised that this was actually her. Yeah. Um, in the DVD commentary, Joss Whedon says, this episode is one that I did because I wanted to show not the meaning or catharsis or beauty of life or any of the things that are often associated with loss or even extreme grief, which we do not get in the episode, but what I really wanted to capture was the extreme physicality, the almost boredom of the very few hour, very first few hours. I wanted to be very specific about what it felt like the moment you discover you've lost someone. And so what appears to many people as a formal exercise, no music, scenes that take up almost the entire act, if not the entire act without end, is all done for a very specific purpose, which is to put you in the moment, the moment of dumbfounded shock, the airlessness of losing somebody. The Christmas scene, Joss Whedon says, this scene I put in specifically artistically rather because I wanted to see what they had in happier times. 
and to see Joyce. Now, I made a mistake. I put Joyce in the kitchen at the top of the scene. I should have had her coming back all during this and taking dishes away so she was a constant presence in all their lives. I didn't think of that until after the show had aired, but it was an indication of how great things were, how some of the fun uh, and some of the fun of what the show's like. Also, for a more practical reason, I knew I had to have these opening credits, executive producers and whatnot, and I couldn't bear the thought of having them over the shot that's about to come, the long take of Buffy first dealing with the body. So I added this scene to be the exact length of those credits so that I could get them out of the way. So I had a practical application that led to an artistic decision, and I think it was really useful. It's lovely to see Christine and Sarah together having the fun. Okay. Uh, He also said, we start every act with Joyce, and some people accused me of being morbid because we shot so much footage of Christine lying dead, but again, the body, this is what it's about. On Tara and Willow's um, first kiss, he says that he wanted their kiss to be natural and not to be the main focus of the episode, so he included it in this episode. A genre of television specials dealing with female homosexuality developed as... um, the lesbian kiss episode in the 1990s where a female character kissed another female, but no relationship is further explored. We didn't set out to acknowledge Willow's and Tara's affection without making it the primary focus of this show for attempting this. He received resistance from the WB. Um, We didn't inform them that the kiss between Willow and Tara was not negotiable According to Whedon, the conversation about the kiss was approached by the network executives who were concerned with the number of gay relationships on the network. Whedon countered that the kiss was true to character and he said he would quit the show if the network forbade it. It was the only time during the series that he threatened to do so. Um, This said, this said kiss also brings an end to the WB's apparent policy about contact between same sex partners. So mm. this is the first time that something like that aired on the network. Wow. Um, Bre- breaking, breaking boundaries. Yeah. So uh, da, 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 da. this wasn't the first lesbian kiss on American TV, but it was the first between two female characters that are in a committed long-term relationship. Gotcha. Willow's line, Strong Like an Amazon, refers to the song Amazons by Frank, P-H-R-A-N-C, The all-American Jewish lesbian folk singer, um, Willow is quoting the line of the chorus, and Whedon said in the document in the DVD commentary that he insists he doesn't he didn't choose the song because of Willow Tara's and Frank's sexual orientation. He chose it because he liked the song. Okay. Throughout the scene after Xander punches the wall, only the left side of Willow's face can be seen because Allison Hannigan had an allergic reaction to the plaster dust. Causing her right eye to swell. That's not good. So she actually had to go to the hospital. They had to like stop shooting after that and um, go to the hospital. She had to go to the hospital and like she took steroid pills and stuff. Wow. Um, And they didn't like know what was going on. But then when she came back in that room and had a reaction, they were like, oh, okay. It must have been the plaster. It's the dust. Yep. Um. And then when Dawn and Buffy are not like are kind of like opposing each other and like not really comforting each other, as you might think was supposed to happen. Yeah. He said, my experience of death is that apart from a lot of hugging at funerals, it seldom brings people together. It actually tears them apart. 
And I had always learned from TV that a death made everyone stronger and better and learn about themselves. And my experience was that an important piece had been taken out of the puzzle amongst my family or friends or whomever it was. And that piece would never be replaced and people would never be the same. And that there is no glorious payoff. There are sometimes revelations and lessons that are useful. You have to take something out of it because it's inevitable. None of us is getting out of here alive. Um, And then when asked about the vampire in the episode, he says, I was very specific about it. I wanted a vampire, first of all, who looked more like a corpse than anything else. So I don't know if you noticed, like, he was very made up and corpse-like. Yeah. Um, And and here's young Don confronted by not only a vampire, but a naked man. It's an intrusion. It's offensive. It's completely physical. And it's an intrusion on, like, her grieving. Yeah. Okay. And then for the end shot, he said, we want to touch it, but there's nothing there. And to go out just before she touches her was to express that, to express what I've been talking about the whole way. There's no resolve. There's no resolution. There's no ending. There's no lesson. There's just death. Okay. Wow. How emo of you, Joss. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And the the lines um, when Buffy is telling Dawn, um, and we're we're inside the classroom and we can't really hear them. Yeah. Buffy tells Don, Mom died this morning while we were both while we were both at school. That doesn't make sense. Hmm. Um and Don says, No. And Buffy says, I don't know exactly what happened, but oh well obviously Buffy does go to school, so I guess that does make sense. Oh, I yeah. was like, Buffy's not in high school anymore. <laughs> She's in college. Um, Buffy says, I don't know exactly what happened, but she's dead. And Dawn says, no, 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 no. You're lying. You're lying. She's fine. She's fine. And you're lying. Oh, no, please. No, you're lying. She's fine. She's fine. And Buffy says, Donnie. And Dawn says, it's not true. It's not real. It's not real. And then she like collapses to the floor. Gotcha. All right. Spike does not appear in this episode. No, no, Spike could have used him. Could have used some Spike. It's his only non-appearance in the series since becoming a regular in season four. We'll see him next episode. It is said that if you have a dream of an open grave while it is raining, someone you know will die within a year. Faith awoke from a dream such as this almost exactly a year ago in Buffy This Year's Girl. Okay. Wow. That... I think Look is all the trivia I have. All that trivia. That is a so whole lot. So much trivia. <laughs> so much. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, you know what, Sammy Joe? This week, Lost wins, okay? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't yeah. know if it's appropriate to do favorite moments, but I guess we can. Do you have a <laughs> favorite moment? <laughs> a favorite moment? No, I don't. I don't have one. What about a moment that moved you the most? When the uh, when the vampire wakes up, okay. That's your favorite moment. That's my favorite moment. Going <laughs> with it. Um, mine is is Anya when Anya is like, I don't understand. Right. Why of can't course. she just get back in her body? Yeah. Right. Okay. <sighs> what do you think is going to happen next? All right. So. I think that uh, even though Dawn looks like she's going to poke at the body, I don't think she's going to be ready to move on yet. Mm-hmm. Okay. I think there's going to be, I think uh, maybe she's, maybe um, 
I don't know. Maybe there's 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 some kind of like she's going to um she's gonna go to the dark side for a little bit, okay? Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, she's gonna go to the dark side and maybe she'll try to um go through Giles' books and find some spells, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Uh, or maybe she'll go to uh, Anya and, uh, and or no, sorry, Tara and Willow and maybe convince them that maybe they could rise her from the dead and maybe oh that'll God. backfire. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, Yikes. Uh, yeah, maybe. That is dark. It, it doesn't go the way that they want. And then Joyce comes back as a baddie, you know, and mm-hmm. then it's going to be doubly as hard because then they got to put Joyce down themselves, you know? Yikes. Okay. That's dark, Pat. It is dark, but it's also not out of the realm of possibility for this show. That is true. <laughs> but it would kind of undo all of this um all of this somberness, you know? Yeah. So but they've undone things in the past, so yeah, there you go. Like what? This is a prediction. I don't know. I don't know. It's just something I said. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anything else? No. Okay. No, that's good. It's good for this week. <laughs> <laughs> what uh, media do you have to recommend? Um, I'm just going to double down on the White Lotus show because that's all we've been watching. So we're on season two now. What so about, se- are you listening to any podcasts? You uh, know, no. Books you're reading, articles? No. No. I picked right. up back up a book that I was reading uh, mm-hmm. during Thanksgiving, but yeah. I've already recommended it. So there's no need to rehash that. That's fine. So, you know, season two episode, or yeah, season two of The White Lotus is it's just as good as season one. I Have you, uh, have you finished it? Not, no, not, not season two yet. Okay. I it's haven't still watched going. season two. Oh, it's it is? Going. Okay. Yeah. There's like another week or so. Okay. Yeah. Um, All right. What do you got to recommend? I will recommend, I don't think I recommended this book before. It's The Gifts of Imperfection by Brene Brown. I have recommended Daring Greatly by her. Yeah. Um, But I don't think I recommended Gifts of Imperfection. So she wrote Gifts of Imperfection before Daring Greatly. And it's just a good book. It's a good book about, um, you know, ways we can learn to embrace our flaws. Sure. And how we can improve our lives to be more wholehearted individuals and it is something that uh i maybe need a little bit of right now so i'm enjoying it all right whenever i'm down i look to brene Brene brown Brown. (laughs) (laughs) very good all right yeah Right, Sorry well, for the downer episode. Yeah, what a everybody. downer episode, everybody. Sorry. You know, that's on Sammy. She loves this show. <laughs> I, I just do love you this show. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, there's no there's no Jack running around breathing hard. There's no Hurley with his quips, but you know, yeah. they'll be back next week for a big old finale. How about that? But I will say Yeah. Yeah, I'm excited about that. I did want to also get back to, because I was like, I don't think this was nominated for any Emmy Awards. This episode mm-hmm. was not nominated for any Emmy Awards. A lot of other episodes have been. Okay. Um, But this episode was not. It was nominated for a Nebula Award for Best oh. Script. I don't think it won it, though. No. Okay. doesn't look like it actually won any episodes. 
should have probably said that in trivia, but yeah. Whoops. Whoopsies. All right. Well, what do you say? Shall we wrap this thing up? Yeah. Uh, listen, subscribe, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, all the places. Leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. And what else? And you can find us uh, and follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at KickstreamPod. Tell us what your favorite moments are. Um, you can support us if you like this podcast. Maybe not so much this episode. That's okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, on <laughs> buy me a coffee, buymeacoffee.com slash kickstreampod and send emails to kickstreampod at gmail.com and check out show notes for this and every episode at kickstreampod.com. And always, always remember, remember that streaming, streaming is, is better with, with emotions. People who are live. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that too. You know, for a second there, I thought maybe uh, they were going to go comical with it and they were going to do like a weekend at Bernie's thing and have to bring Joyce around, you know, yeah, like, like play like music. Keep running and the gallery. Yeah. And she would she would dance around, you know, like yeah. dance walk. No dice. We don't get that. We just we just yeah. get her dead. Unfortunately. Okay. Long before Game a... of Thrones was killing off people you loved, Joss yeah. Whedon was. Well, there would have been a much better episode if we did weekend at Bernie's. Joyce. I feel like this is this is good. This is I real. know. I know. <laughs> Alright, well, till next week. <laughs> we'll, we'll be uh, back to Buffy and Lost. Yes. And if any of Pat's crazy predictions come true, we'll talk about will. them next week. Alright. See you then. Okay, bye. Okay, bye.